0: Welcome to Heal the podcast. On today's episode, we uncover the power of our words and declaration through the story of Ralph Whitaker breaking free of epilepsy. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Ralph, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for doing this, and. Yeah. Uh, sharing about your journey with us here on the healing project.
1: Well, you're welcome. Oh, I'm glad to do that.
0: Good. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to kind of let you just dive in to, you know, introducing what it is that you have healed or, or however you would say it, like that's the words that I've been using, but you get to use your own language around
1: it. Okay. Um, so let me just provide a little background then. Um, yeah. So what I have taken on, um, sort of clearing for myself, is uh, epilepsy. And in 1984, I had a grand mal seizure at that point. Uh, It was right after my wife and I had moved um, to Albuquerque. We had adopted a brand new baby. I came with no job. Uh, My wife was starting a new job. And my wife's mother was dying. So there was lots and lots of stress happening all at the same time. Yeah. So initially, we uh, marked it up to all of the stress that was happening uh, right then. Uh, So it was a real surprise to all of us. And um, not something we ever expected or could have uh, necessarily planned for.
0: How old were you at that point?
1: Uh, I was about 35 at that point. Okay. So, you know, pretty much a midlife yeah. Um, experience. Uh, since then, since 1984, I've had about four to five grand mal seizures, Okay. and I've also had petty mal seizures about once or twice a month uh, as well, ever since that, um, and I'm conscious during those, uh, but it's uh, a very spacey feeling, as best yeah. I can say it, uh, but those were continuous, and sometimes when there was more stress, I'd have more than that, but Typically, it was one to two a month that I was having, and those were uh, not a whole lot of fun, Mm-mm. obviously. Uh, in uh, 2014, I had a major car accident, and I think that the cause of that was either having a petty mal where I basically lost control or a grand mal seizure. Um, we don't know, yeah. uh, but I think that that's a possibility that it happened. And after that, I decided it was just time, you know, instead of doing something yeah. uh, about this. But I really didn't know what it would be. Um, you know, I've always heard that epilepsy is something that you can't be cured from. Um, that's certainly what all of the doctors in Western medicine uh, had, you know, talked about. Everything I read was basically the same thing once you have it, you always have it. Yeah. Um, But I decided just to take a look at that and see what can I do to maybe uh, shift things for myself to at least, at the very uh, least, reduce the number of petty malls that I was having on a regular basis. Um, So I did a couple of things. One is I went to a doctor of oriental medicine, whom I know, and we talked about this and what we might do. So... Um, Some of the workup that she did included starting out with a food panel just to Mm. see what foods maybe were uh, not agreeing with me or might be causing some problem. And I actually found that interesting because um, years earlier, I had experimented a little bit because I had the suspicion that eating cow's cheese uh, was one of the things that actually caused the petty malls. Wow. And I I experimented with that a little bit by – eating, you know, heavy amounts of that, uh, like I would normally do, and waiting for a day to see what happened. And it was a heck of an
0: experiment. (laughs) Yeah, really. See if I can trigger a petty mal seizure.
1: (laughs) Well, it became very clear to me that 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 was the case. So I did some research into that. And um, cow's cheese is one of the most difficult things for the body to digest. Yeah. So my body was working hard to do that, and it created, I suppose, an internal type of stress that yeah. that actually uh, caused that. I talked to my neurologist at that time, and he pretty much poo-pooed the idea because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that that's not an electrical stimulation. You know, that can't cause it. But I was pretty convinced that 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 was at least one thing. Mm-hmm. that was It was causing those, and it was um, uh, a form of stress on my body. Um, so when I talked to the doctor of Oriental Medicine, we talked about that as well. And when we did the food panel, uh, dairy products in general were one thing that we identified uh, were just not um, something I should be uh, taking, uh, yeah on any kind of a regular basis.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, that was that was okay for the most part. Uh, living in New Mexico, uh, cheese is a part of uh, enchiladas. Uh-huh. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to have to, to uh, moderate this, but I can't give it up 100%. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, and looking at that, there were a number of things there. And so I took that on and shifted my diet to uh, move away from those. Now, I'm a vegetarian and have been almost all my life. Um, so meat was not a particular problem. Um, there was no issues with digesting meat or um, anything around that. Yeah. And some of the other things that we did was we started some acupuncture treatments. And those were done, I think, largely to uh, treat some different kinds of symptoms that I were having. Uh, some of those were stress-related. Mm-hmm. Um, some may have been just because um, I wasn't feeling well for you know, some other reason. So we did a series of those and each time that I would do those it would be a little bit different depending on the immediate symptoms that we Whenever were whatever you looking needed at.
0: at that time yeah
1: right um, and those those were great i you know i always felt um, a release of something that, uh, after mm-hmm. one of those acupuncture treatments um, so whatever the cause might have been it was stress or some other uh, factor you know that uh, that cleared that up for, the, for that time being. Yeah. Um, another thing that we did was uh, she recommended a number of supplements uh, for me to take mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of balance out um, the nutrients uh, that I had in my body that I was taking in and so on. And uh, she and I talked a lot about how to relieve some of the immediate stressors in my life. Um, One of the stressors that has always kind of been there for me is my job. And, um, you know, things that would come up would just be challenging in the sense that um, I was never quite sure uh, how to handle some things or how how to necessarily relate to some people that were uh, involved in that. And I'll talk about that just a little bit more later on here. Yeah one of the things that she rec- um, recommended to me also, and this was a real surprise, was to find a way to hang upside down. Huh? Uh, I was kind of surprised at that, but it was okay, okay I'll see what I can do about that. And at, at first I couldn't figure out a way to, to do that uh, successfully, you know. Yeah. I looked at the doors in the house or things <laughs> like that. And um, uh, eventually I saw a... Uh, uh, an inversion table. Yep, and that was the perfect uh, solution for that. So I bought one, and uh, I
0: have one in my living room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I use it for about five minutes every night, and yeah. it's amazing um, the good that it does. It provides me a few minutes to kind of meditate and just you know let go of things from the day, which yeah. I think is probably uh, as important a part of that as allowing my uh, body to relieve some of the stress to. Um, to uh, straighten up literally mm-hmm. from the day, you know, and I, I felt a huge difference in my spine and my posture mm. and so on. So that has made a big difference. And I, yeah. I think it's part of the healing um, that, uh, that I took on.
0: Well, inversions are really popular in, in yoga because it's like we spend – 90 well i mean i guess sleep we lay down horizontally but mostly we spend you know 99% of all of our time just straight up and down and gravity's pulling on our organs and on our systems in a particular way and so even just inversing that you know 5 minutes out of the day there's a lot of history to that in in yoga as well of the difference that it makes in lymphatic flow and opening things up and changing how the pressure is on your spine and all of that kind of stuff and yeah, it's definitely got a lot of history to it, but it's interesting to look at like what the specifics would be for you.
1: Well, it, it also uh, changed the blood flow, obviously, because I had more blood flowing to my head than my Uh feet. Um, and I could definitely feel a shift there And because my head is where I would feel the petty malls, obviously. Um, there was just a change in, in how that would uh, affect me. And I yeah. could feel the change even during the day uh, because I had, had done that the previous the night. The previous night. Yeah. Right. Um, something else that we did that was really a surprise to me, but it made an enormous difference was she did what I would call a guided journey through the depth of uh, emotional baggage Mm. that I had going all the way back to my childhood. And what it consisted of was um, her uh, asking me to look at what kind of emotions I had on the surface, yeah. uh, what was immediately uh, there for me in terms of uh, things that were uh, bothering me, that was um, mentally or emotionally stressing me out. And to just like be present to that and then to go to the next level and to see what was there under that. And we went through this process peeling away layers and layers of emotion going all the way back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to express what they were. I just had to uh, look inside myself and kind of get present to Mm -hmm. whatever that was at the time. The the effect of that was after we were done. You know, we would um, go all the way to the bottom, like I said, and then she would work me back up through the layers again, so it got back to the present. Yeah, essentially, Um, she had had me doing some reading about this type of treatment uh, that other people have used, and it sounded a little. Um, kind of oddball to me, you know. It's just, well, I don't know, but I guess I'll give it a try because I have the goal of getting rid of these petty malls and anything that might work towards that yeah. you know, would make a difference. Yeah. So I did that, and the next uh, the next day, um, I didn't feel a whole lot of difference. But a couple of days later, I noticed that suddenly there was this uh, real um, feeling of peace,
0: mm.
1: a feeling of I'm not carrying around. Um, that emotional baggage anymore. Mm. Um, All I can say is it was a real letting go of things that had been there since childhood.
0: Was this one session or did you do like multiple?
1: It was one session. Wow. And I have to say uh, that doing that, I could recognize that since um, I was very young, that I started having... a lot of stresses in my life because of just the situation in my family and at home and a real uncertainty of myself and, um, you know, how I fit into the family, how I fit into life and so on. And I recognized that I had carried that and actually that type of emotion had grown inside Mm. of me for a long time. Um, One of the things that I had uh, later on as a teenager was I was very ill. I had a very bad uh, intestinal problem that was literally Mm life-threatening. And I had that for over a course of about three years or so. Um, I missed the last couple of years of high school as a result. I was too ill to go. Um, I eventually... um, got my GED and started back to college, but on a very uh, limited basis, you know, a class at a time, uh, yeah. as I started to heal physically from all of that um, uh, that illness that I had, and they never really d- identified what exactly it was. Mm. It was um, just kind of a general um, weakening of the body and the intestine, um, and that was as much as they could they could figure. There was no Real obvious, physical. Did you
0: deal with like cramping or pain or diarrhea or constipation? Was it just like...
1: It was all of those things. All of those um, things, yeah. I, it was very, very severe abdominal pain
0: Yeah.
1: Um, when I would have it. And um, I would just be completely uh, unable to to do anything
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, while I had that. Um, and it went in phases that mm-hmm. every, maybe every... Three months or so, my dad had to take me out of state to a special hospital to uh, treat it. I would be there for a couple of weeks, come back uh, home, and another three months later, we wind up going back again. We did this over the course of a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I lost a great deal of weight. Yeah, in that period of time. And I've never actually been able to gain that back. But it's like, okay, that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's how your body um, is. And so it was, you know, it was a very serious condition. And I wasn't really sure about what that um, looked like in, in terms of just my life as a whole, we never determined what caused it. Um, so it was like, it's still a mystery or was still a mystery. But one of the things I will say about that, and I'm um, seeing that as part of a a larger pattern in my Mm. whole life. And this is, uh, to me, this is an essential part of the healing from the epilepsy. Yeah. Because what I saw was that throughout most of my life, I had had some type of um, body illness. And over the years, it shifted from one part of my body to another. Mm-hmm. And I saw it uh, moving really from my intestinal uh, area up through my body because as a, a young adult, I had various kinds of problems uh, as well, up to the point where in 1984 I had the grand mal seizure. Yeah. And, you know, for a while we just didn't know, I didn't make a connection between us. Yeah. two. But when I started the treatment with the doctor of oriental medicine, what I began to see was that these were all connected. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if they're all connected, what, what's happening there? Yeah. Um, being able to see it as a movement in my body from one place to another was a real um, awakening for me because it was like there is not any one physical Cause or problem for what was happening, it really was um, that I was holding in um, so much emotion, fear, uh, these type of things that it really caused the the stomach and the and the uh, uh, intestinal problems. Mm-hmm. Because you know you get ulcers from worry and from yeah. stress and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so because I saw this going moving through my body the question began to appear to me why would that be what Mm. is going on that that that's happening Uh, so at that point i i realized that the epilepsy itself was probably more a symptom of something else that was going Mm. on much deeper rather than there being like a physical uh, specific cause um, cause to it yeah The doctors at at that time had done lots of uh, EKGs and uh, EEGs and so on, and they never determined anything specific there either.
0: Yeah, which is pretty common with epilepsy too. I mean, they're often they'll go looking, but there's not physical origins for a lot of people. I've had, um, not myself personally, but through other practitioners, heard of stories of um, similarly people with epilepsy going through a process of Doing food sensitivity testing, getting that out of their system, doing some amino acid testing, rebalancing nutrition. And like just those kind of overview alone will start to decrease at least the significance or frequency. And then, you know, you start unwinding it. But then there's these other deeper layers. And like what I wanted to interject is a couple things. One, I've seen that same thing in myself, where when I was nine months old, I had my first asthma attack. Now, they didn't diagnose it as asthma. I was nine months old and nonverbal at that point. It was just this upset baby. But um, I got diagnosed at 18 months with it, with asthma. And I had all kinds of upper respiratory infections. I had mono. I dealt with asthma pneumonia through most of my childhood and into junior high. And then the mononucleosis happened. And then I got strep throat from that. And then I ended up with antibiotic-resistant strep throat. And they took my tonsils out when I was 18. And all this upper respiratory stuff started to basically stop. I didn't have hardly ever any breathing problems. I didn't get sick very often. And in college, I started to have chronic constipation and seasonal depression. And then in med school, I got migraine headaches. And it just like was this progression. And I can see where there was a seizing and constriction in my bronchial tubes for asthma. Then there was a seizing and constriction in my digestion with constipation. And then there was a seizing and constriction in my emotions with seasonal depression that became just generalized anxiety. And it was just this like, everything was just going into these deeper layers into my body and then coming back out. And in naturopathic school, we have a a, a philosophy called Herring's Law and in Herring's Law, The body will express disease on the most superficial level that it can. And if it's suppressed or it doesn't get to complete that process and actually heal all the way, it'll go to the next deeper layer. And so like little kids, everything is projectile vomiting and diarrhea and skin rashes and fevers. It's all on the outside of the body and things are getting eliminated and pushed out. And then if that doesn't get resolved, like there's even a a common um, history for kids with epilepsy where it started out with atopic dermatitis or eczema, then becomes asthma, then becomes epilepsy because it's literally the same process going deeper into their body. And then when you heal somebody, Herring's Law unwinds. So it's like you end up going back to previous levels physically as well as emotionally until we're back to skin rashes and diarrhea and vomiting basically. Mm. So that's really cool that you had that visceral experience in that connection, getting made of all of those components together for yourself. Because it's, it's a totally different way of looking at diseases and what we deal with physically. Like, that's a really big deal.
1: Right. And epilepsy is one of those spectrum diseases where uh, when it shows up, how it shows up, um, is, you know, there's broad range of that. and. Yeah. Because of that, there is no single diagnosis as to, um, you know, what the problem is, uh, what causes it, and so on. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I discovered along the way also is that people tend to uh, use the terminology, well, he's an epileptic, mm. or, you know, he's autistic, yeah. or something of that yeah. nature. Yeah. And I, I just took the, the stand that that's not who I am. Mm. You know, who I am is somebody who has epilepsy.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's not the definition of who I am. So that was a, that was an important piece of the healing overall is if that's something that I have, then the question is, is it something that I can let go of? Yeah. And I set that aside and, and move beyond it. Um, and I would sometimes correct people when they would say you're an epileptic or uh, in the case of my grandson, he's autistic. I would say, well, that's not who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is somebody who has epilepsy or autism or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's not the definition of who they are.
0: And I love um, how you said that if, if you have it, it implies the possibility of being able to let it go. Yeah. Versus like if you are it, you are it <laughs> and it's not going anywhere. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah And that's how people tend to think of how our society thinks of these kinds of diseases. Yeah and the, the idea behind it is once you have it you always have it mm-hmm. and you can never you know get rid of it um, Another piece of the um, Activities that I took on towards healing this was uh, continuing my Tai Chi and Qigong work, which I had given up uh, quite a few years earlier Mm. uh, because of some other things that I was doing. Um, But the point there was to just become much more aware of my own internal energy. Yeah. And being able to harness that and get connected back to that again. And that's been a a very important part of it uh, because it is a very uh, meditative process but it also allows me to have some control over the energy in my body and how that's flowing. And that makes a difference emotionally, uh, makes a difference physically and so on. So all of the things that I have talked about so far have been uh, a part of the healing completely. And there was no single one thing. There was no specific medications. Um, It, it took place over, uh, period of about two years. Hmm. But I could, after a year, I could see a shift in where things were going. Um, And all of these are still things that I'm aware of. And I incorporate, you know, into my lifestyle in one way or another. Yeah. um, Just because they're healthy anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I um, took on visiting the doctor of oriental medicine, I also talked to my neurologist at that time. And I said, my goal is to get off of my medications completely. Yeah. Um, And he was open to the possibility of that. Wow. Um, He at least didn't didn't poo-poo the idea right away. Yep. Uh, So he agreed to work with me on that. And um, between that and the other treatments that I was getting, we were able to take me off of one of the medications entirely. And the other one we... Reduced to a very minimal dose, which is, I am on that right now. Mm -hmm. And I still have the goal of eventually getting off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I, I recognize that I may or may not ever achieve that goal of completely getting off the medications. But for me, what's important is that I always have a goal out there that there is something um, that I recognize is still possible. Yeah. And I work, work towards that continually. Um, when I recognized that this epilepsy was really just the latest physical manifestation of illnesses you know since I was a child, um, I began to see that maybe this was a lesson in my life that the universe uh, was you know, providing for me that there was something to be learned from all of this. And if it was really the same source of um, uh, discomfort and illness that was causing it, just that it was moving around in my body, I saw that this is something I could, I could deal with uh, in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, it changed the perspective of what I had. Um, and I've always felt that, you know, you are provided lessons during your lifetime for your growth. Yeah. Um, so in seeing this, I recognize that if that's what it is, if it's a lesson, then I can declare that, uh, I've learned the lesson. Mm. So I literally declared out loud to the universe and to my friends that I get the lesson and thank you for providing that. And I'm done with it now. I don't need it anymore. Um, I feel that that was a really important Piece of it for me, because it separated me and who I am mm-hmm. from the, from the illness itself. Yeah. Um, and I, I really did recognize a big shift then, and internally in my emotions and the way I thought about myself and the way I thought about um, you know just the circumstances of my life and so on. Um, and the th- the thing that came out of that was that I now owned the epilepsy
0: Mm.
1: instead of it owning me. Wow. Uh, It was something that I could take on and I could, I could control, I could uh, work with it. Um, So overall, you know, my, the way the treatment that I took on covered a wide range of uh, approaches to it. Yes. Some were to uh, deal with specific symptoms, uh, but a lot of it was to, Uh, recognize, first of all, internally, um, what was really going on inside my life um, that was stress, that was um, contributing to this problem, and just to my relationship to myself, Mm -hmm. and really to the circumstances uh, around me in my life. Um, So taken all together, it gave me the control to take this on, and I've not had any Petty malls, you no know, grand malls, for a period of about six years now, uh, which is a huge shift from having petty malls. You know, a couple times a, couple a times month, a month. Um, to really a complete freedom around yeah. that. Um, you know, is it cured? Uh, probably most Western doctors would say, "Well, no," because you always have it. Yeah. Uh, but to me, that if I'm not having it show up in my life uh, anymore, then it's not a part of who I am anymore. It's not a part of uh, my life. And yeah. I, I've done, done something that has totally transformed um, whatever was causing that. Mm. So it really was a case of treating the entire system as opposed to trying to focus on symptoms itself. Yeah.
0: And, or um, even just the nervous system. You know, your gut was involved, your immune system was involved, all of that, and emotions, and your life.
1: Right. Yeah. And just, you know, total, totally how I thought about myself was yeah. important. And I enrolled uh, my physicians, I enrolled my friends, I enrolled my family and what I was doing yeah. um, and gained all their support that they didn't know, you know, what difference it would make and so on. But yeah. they recognized that um, this is what I wanted to do. And they were uh, very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Um So I didn't do it in isolation either. And I didn't do it in isolation from um, the universe, you know, from um, whatever energies or powers are, you know, outside of me. I did it all um, by combining all those things together.
0: Yeah. Can you speak to a little bit of what you saw as like changed in you? You've talked about it kind of generally of like, how you were before and how you are now about your, like yourself or your relationship to yourself?
1: My relationship to myself was one of never being very certain or very comfortable about how I appeared to other people. Mm. You know, um, what did other people think of me? Mm -hmm. I've always been pretty withdrawn and um, I thought of myself as being very much an introvert. Uh, In my life, I would always listen to the conversation that people were having before I would even think about trying to contribute to it. Um, So it was a very uh, isolated, internal uh, sense of myself that I had. And one of the things that shifted for me and that I uh, consciously took on shifting was being more comfortable with who I am Mm. And then being able to be more comfortable with uh, people around me or uh, being in groups or being able to, you know, contribute um, openly to others, Uh, being able to really just even start a conversation. Um, So I think that that being something that I grew up with uh, is something that contributed to all of this. And because it was very internal process, you know, it just became very buried in my emotions mm. um my family that i grew up in did not express themselves very much yeah so i never really learned how one expresses oneself you know and um so it all just became buried uh deeper and deeper and this guided journey through the emotional baggage really allowed me to, first of all to see that uh even though i would kind of always recognized that that was there Mm -hmm. It was more intellectual than anything else. And that process allowed me to actually get in touch with what all of those things were and to begin to um, let go of them in the sense that I could be complete with the fact that they were happening and that it had happened to me in the past. Um, So I think that, that that was one of the root causes was the inability to express myself Mm -hmm. and the withdrawing from other Mm -hmm. people um, and never being very certain of of who I was, how I was perceived by other people Mm -hmm. and this type of thing.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I got a lot of this from Chinese medicine, which you talked about working with an Oriental medicine practitioner and um, in medical school, I took every elective I could get away with in the Chinese medicine doctoral program because I just was fascinated by the way that they saw the world and saw the body and the interconnection. I mean, the, the, in Chinese medicine, there's 3,000 years of writing about the connections between specific emotions and body parts and expressions of symptoms and all of those things. Not just even like in our culture, we've gotten to the point where we can generally say stress. But what is that, right? And it can get all the way down into very specific, you know, disgust in your kidneys and anguish in your lungs. And like, it can get all the way into these specifics. And I know that one of the key principles that I got from my time studying Chinese medicine, and this also translates over into natural medicine, is as long as there's flow happening, things are moving, we can work with it, we can keep healing it, we can keep guiding it, But when there's stagnation or suppression, when things just get stopped and like that withdrawal you're talking about or not being able to express ourselves, it's almost like there innately is always an energy to be moving. And if we stop the energy from moving, it has to, it's like damming a river. It has to go somewhere. Something happens with it. So I can see that in what you're sharing about your experience of like not being able to or not coming from a family that expressed themselves very much and how that could have impacted your nervous system and your body physically until you then basically created openings for a discharge, the discharge being you, (laughs) getting you out in the world and connecting to people in that way. And it's really beautiful the way you share that. And it's something that I've seen, again, for myself and also with my clients is when sometimes we'll do a liver detox and someone's like, I don't really know why, but I like, I'm getting along way better with my spouse. (laughs) And it's like, we just moved a whole bunch of anger out of their liver. And now there's this like peacefulness and reciprocity showing up in their relationships. And that's not an accident, how we're all connected in those ways. It's just your, your story just so elegantly points up or paints a picture of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why the Qigong and Tai Chi practice is so important is because mm-hmm. it does keep those channels open for the energy to flow. And when I feel um, the energy flowing, I'm at peace, I'm comfortable, I'm no longer judging myself yeah. when I'm around other people. And I feel, I feel free to, to uh, participate, I feel free to um, be a part of a group again, to be a part even of just another person Mm -hmm. and not not constantly judge myself about, you know, am I doing the right thing? How do they see me? Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth. So that that is really, uh, I've let go of that a great deal. And I really don't have that sort of uh, self-judgment constantly anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, anything else, any parting words, any like, words of advice for people that are on the journey, figuring this stuff out.
1: Um, I guess a couple of things I would say was that it's important to recognize that whatever you have is not the definition of who you are, Hmm. that it's something, um, that you can learn from. And it's really the learning is the growing process for somebody. Um, and by, by recognizing it uh, out loud, literally, to other people. And this is why declaring it um, to the universe was important to me because yeah. I was able to acknowledge it and express it out loud for the first time. And that caused the separation from me and the illness, and it became a thing that could potentially be managed. But I, I think also seeing that circumstances that happen to us in li- our life, whether it be uh, a physical ailment or um, some things that happen, that we can accept that those are um, something we can learn from.
0: Yeah.
1: Whether we think it was an intentional lesson from, you know, the universe or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's always something that we can learn from. And mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the most positive way to uh, look at these kinds of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an essential part of uh, any kind of healing.
0: Yeah. The way I share it with my clients is, is your symptoms are your body's way of talking to you. And when you actually get the communication, the lesson, then they, they doesn't need to keep sending it. You know, it's like when the communication is received, then it can stop sending that message to you. You know, and like I've had all kinds of things. I have a, I've had a slip disc in my back that comes up from time to time. And a big part of what my body's communicating is slow down and get support. <laughs> and when I all start right. actually actively doing that, and the last time it happened, I went from not being able to walk to completely pain-free in six weeks because I just got, I got the communication. Okay, here it is again. I got to slow down. I got to get support. I got to move through some of the emotional things coming up. And I did, you know, some stretches and some, you know, acupuncture and some things specifically for my back, but it was all encompassing. It was the whole thing. And in six weeks, completely healed a slip disc, which some people live in the world of like, once it's out, it's out. And it could take 10 months to heal
1: that. So. Yeah. And I, and I would say that I am very aware of when things get, too stressful, or when mm-hmm. I begin to feel internally like I'm um, starting to judge myself or make myself wrong about things, yeah. that that's a that's a sign that it's time to stop for a moment yep. and just kind of regroup.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, so I do that. I listen to that, and I I will take that that uh, kind of action on. Yeah, uh, and that always that that's kind of like taking the the cap off the the pressure cooker, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I listen to that and I, and I can hear that clearly when it starts to happen.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you for so much wisdom today. Thanks for sharing your story and your heart and your life with us. And, uh, Ralph, I just really appreciate you coming to join us.
1: Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. You know, I hope that anything that I've said, uh, somebody can pick up something from and, and yeah. take on for themselves.
0: Awesome. Great. All right, well, we'll sign off and we'll see you soon. Okay, thank okay. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to today's guest, Ralph Whitaker, for sharing his story with us. You can learn more about finding your own healing by going to Saramarshallnd.com or follow me on Instagram at sarahmarshallnd. Special thanks to Roddy Nickpour who composed our show music and to our editor, Kendra Vicken. Thanks for being here. Until next time.